Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading is from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Uh, that, that is page 1051 in the Church Bibles. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Good to uh, uh, say hello um, from me. My name is Matthew. Um, pleasure to be here. Uh, really excited about the start of this, uh, this summer series in Luke's Gospel. Uh, I think we'll have a great time. Do keep your Bibles open there at Luke chapter 17. And I'll pray as we make a start. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for the wonderful stories that we read about him. And please help us to learn to respond to him rightly. Help us consider this man's example of response and to be stirred up just the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many of you will know, um, I've got twin boys, three-year-olds, Henry and Benjamin. And uh, my wife and I, we try to read the Bible with them. Uh, And we've got these toddler Bibles uh, with lots of fun pictures in them. And sometimes it goes well and uh, sometimes not. Uh, Sometimes they engage with what we're reading. Sometimes they just run off around the house uh, completely disinterested. Anyway, I could not believe my luck when Pete gave me this passage for today, the healing of the ten men with leprosy, because this is Henry's favorite Bible story. Uh, He just can't get enough of it. He knows exactly where it is in the Bible, and sometimes he'll grab the Bible and open it up and demand it read to him, which obviously I'm very happy to do. There are times, though, when we're doing the Bible reading, and he refuses to let us read any other passage but this story. Now, I don't know what uh, drew Henry to this story. The pictures are good, but they're not standout. I wonder if maybe it's because he actually understands this story. In this story, there are uh, some sick people, and they cry out for help, and they're healed, and then one of them says, thank you. It's things that they can understand, asking for help, saying thank you. And so I think that's why maybe uh, Henry loves this one. And look, the story is quite simple, isn't it? When you put it like that, it's quite a simple story. For the last few months, we've been going through some dense passages in Colossians, looking in detail at the words and the structure and the arguments. But this is different. This story, it just makes sense, doesn't it? I will explain a few details, but I won't need to do loads But I hope we'll see today that it really does connect with us. Even if simple, the connections with our lives, I think, are meaningful. 
Because like my little boy, we know about needing help. And we know about saying thank you. So today we'll be reminded that these are at the very heart of the Christian faith. And if you're new, perhaps visiting, or if you're new to Christianity, this is a great place to start. This is where we'll see a gospel snapshot really clearly for us. What is Christianity all about? Well, it's a bit like this. Uh, Pete's just said that we're in Luke's gospel for the summer. Um, Luke is one of the four gospel accounts, accounts of the life of Jesus. And the big idea in Luke is that Jesus is the saviour of all people, all sorts of people come to Jesus. And this is one example of someone uh, unexpected coming to Jesus. We're starting here uh, midway through chapter 17. It might seem like a strange place to start, um, but that's because in Luke, the second half of Luke's gospel, is this long journey to Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem, and Jesus is teaching them lots of things that they need to know. He, there's times when he tells them stuff. There's times when they just watch and see what he does. And all the while, they're learning from him, and so are we. And it's broken up into mini-sections. And, uh, and this is a mini-section that starts at 11.17 with a reminder that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. So that's why we've started here. So let's look at the story, and then I'm going to suggest two things which I think this means uh, for us. So the basic story, I think here we see Jesus saving a complete outsider and his thankfulness shows up the others. Verse 11, Jesus and his disciples, they're traveling to Jerusalem. Uh, That's in the south of Israel. Uh, There's maps in the back of your Bible if you ever want to look at them. Uh, Do have a look, see see the, uh, these are actual real places Uh, Israel uh, with Jerusalem in the south, uh, but they are currently in the north going along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now Galilee is part of Israel, Uh, Jewish people lived there, but Samaria is not part of Israel anymore. It used to be, but it was taken over by foreigners. So this border is a slightly strange place to be. Uh, It's not one or the other. It's not where the cities are. There's just villages here. It's an out-of-the-way sort of place. And it's here that they meet 10 men with leprosy. And that makes sense because people with leprosy had to keep away from everyone else in society. Uh, Their skin disease was infectious, but also, uh, in a religious sense, they were considered unclean. So, uh, So no one would go near them. They had to live out here in these borderlands. It's a rotten life with rotting skin. But then Jesus turns up and they know that they can't come near, verse 12, but they cry out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. You see, they've heard enough about him to know that he can heal them. He's actually healed a leper already before in this gospel. And as with many others before, Jesus has compassion on them, and he is willing to heal them. The difference here, though, is that he doesn't do it right there and then. He sends them to the priests and heals them from a distance. And that's odd, but I think it's for two reasons. Firstly, uh, he sends them to the priests because that's what's commanded in the Old Testament, If someone with leprosy did get better, they had to go to a priest 
who would check them out, say, yes, you are clean, and they would do an offering before God, and then they would be free to sort of get on with normal life in Israel. So they had to go to the priests. But I think secondly, by doing the healing at a distance, the emphasis is taken off the miracle, but then we start to think about the response. What do they do when they're healed? And that's because in Luke's gospel, we're not so much thinking anymore about who Jesus is, but the responses that people make to Jesus. So they go on their way, and they're healed, and we watch the responses, and it's this. Just one comes back, verse 15, and he's giving extravagant thanks. He's praising God in a loud voice. And look, he comes near to Jesus now. He couldn't do that before. And he falls right at his feet. And he gives thanks. And then the surprise in the narrative comes. End of verse 16. And he was a Samaritan. Ah. That changes things, doesn't it? This really emphasizes just how much of an outsider he was. He was an outsider because of his disease, but also because of his nationality. This guy is not welcome in polite Jewish society. To be fair, he's not welcome in in rough Jewish society. He's a Samaritan with leprosy. It couldn't get any worse. But he alone is commended. Jesus asks about the other nine, verse 17, where are they? Uh, Did they not want to come back and and give thanks? I think it's a fair presumption to uh, uh, that they must have been Jewish. I think that's probably a fair presumption. And their thanklessness is exposed by the foreigner. But he himself is commended for his faith, verse 19. His desire to praise God and come back and give immediate and extravagant thanks to Jesus, that is an act of faith. And it came from a complete outsider. It's a great story. It's a simple story. And I want to suggest that there are two things for us to learn from it. And the first is this. Our salvation is like His. Our salvation is like His. In the Bible, leprosy acts as a picture of sin. We don't say that people with leprosy were worse sinners. But we just say that leprosy is a picture of what sin is like. You see, it's a sickness... Uh, within which comes out in horrible ways and it doesn't get better there's no real hope of curing it and it affects our relationships with others they have to stay away and it destroys their relationship with God there was no way they could go near the temple and that's just like sin isn't it maybe some of us will have only considered the outworkings of sin in our lives The things we do which we wish we didn't. Those times we can't control ourselves. But the Bible says those outworkings are a symptom of the deeper problem within, which is the sin in our hearts. 
a disease in our hearts which comes out in all these ways. And the result is, is distance from other people. We have broken relationships. We hurt people. And, the, and more significantly, there's, there's distance with God. We can have no relationship with Him. Our sin is rebellion against Him in our hearts. And, and it means we don't have a right to call Him Father. Ultimately, before Him, we should be judged It's a universal problem and we all share in this sickness. So a question for us is, do we see ourselves like this? This man knew his situation. He knew he couldn't come near, but do we? I look around today and you all look uh, quite respectable. I know many of you are lovely people. I know there's much uh, for us to be proud of, good things in our lives, but through the lens of the Bible and before God, without Jesus, we're like the leper in the borderlands. We might only notice a few of those external symptoms, but a good doctor would look at us and say, actually, we're riddled with sin. It runs deep. We're too unclean to come before God. And it's uncomfortable to see ourselves like this, isn't it? But we must. Firstly, because it's true, we need an accurate diagnosis. But secondly, because otherwise we'll never ask for mercy. And we'll never be cleansed. And we'll never really be thankful. Our salvation is like His Because of the state in which we were found. But it's also like his because of what Jesus does for us. Salvation comes by the miraculous work of Jesus. The man does nothing really. He hears the command to go to the priests and off he goes. And then suddenly, miraculously, in a moment, he's completely better. He whips off all his bandages. His sores are gone and he knows the sickness within has disappeared. Well, Jesus, at the moment when we come to him asking for mercy, for many of us that will be some moment in the past. For some of us considering these things, it could be a moment in the future. At that moment when we come to him asking for mercy, he makes us completely clean. He forgives us. He makes us new. By his power and by his word, he does it all for us. So what happens? We're made new by the Holy Spirit within us. We're clothed in Jesus' righteousness. We're considered faultless before God. We're welcomed back as His children. None of these things we could do ourselves, but they all come by the gift of Jesus. Now, look, there are some differences, aren't there? Some slight differences. We do continue to battle with sin, where I imagine the man, he didn't have a hint of leprosy left. As we saw in Colossians, our old nature uh, still wants to lead us astray, we'll still fall, we'll still have some of those outworkings of sin. But the fundamental truth 
of who we are has been changed in a moment. We're new in Christ. Perhaps it's like that the disease has been eradicated within, but the, the, the skin problems are taking time to, to heal. Perhaps that's, that's what the comparison might be. But my point is, our salvation is like his because Jesus does it all for us. So do we see this as well? I fear we tend to forget. Being human, we focus on our own achievements and and the things we do. and, And our life of faith is often assessed by how well we're doing at the moment. But we've got to keep on reminding ourselves that the defining thing in our lives is what Jesus has done for us. We were a leper in the borderlands, but now we can fall at his feet in thankfulness. I want to talk about thankfulness more in a moment, but just a quick word to say that this should also mean that we as a church... Uh, hate having any sort of barriers or borders within us. Jesus broke down all the barriers for this man, didn't he? And he's broken down all the barriers for us. So we as a church, we should be keen to welcome all types of people, different nationalities, different classes, different ages, different temperaments. These things, they could divide us, couldn't they? But when we remember we were all distanced by God but brought near by Jesus, who are we to keep anyone else at a distance? And it also means all types of sinners. There are some sins which we see as kind of acceptable, things we expect and tolerate with one another. But there are certain people who've done certain things, and if we knew about it, it would make us very uncomfortable having them with us. But we must remember that we were all just as riddled with that sin, but expressing it differently, and this should stir up compassion within us. You see, our salvation is like His, and that's for all of us. Well, the second thing I want us to think about is, is actually a question. Uh, our salvation is like his, but is our thankfulness like his? Is our thankfulness like his? He is extravagant. The other nine are negligent. Where would we fall? As we think about that question, let me first explain the place of thankfulness in the Christian life. Is it a requirement of our salvation? Will we lose our salvation if we're not thankful? Well, my understanding is that thankfulness is like godliness, confidence, witness, or our prayer life. They are not the thing which saves us, but it's a real shame if they're missing. A few weeks ago, Pete uh, described being a Christian as, as like being in an airplane. We get to the destination only by being in the plane, and the plane does all the work. But to push the illustration a bit further, uh, you could have two passengers on that plane, couldn't you? And one passenger uh, could be so delighted by it all and thankful for what is happening. And the other is, um, is, perhaps isn't thankful. Maybe they're scared 
at the experience. Or maybe they're sort of blasé about the experience. Well, both get there. Both are on the plane, but it's a real shame that one of them wasn't thankful. So as Christians, we stand with Jesus. We make that commitment, I'm with Jesus. That's what counts. And then the reality is that the feelings may go up and down. Just like our desire to pray or our witness. These things go up and down. It's not, it's not good to be thankless. It's a real shame. But you know, it's all covered by the grace of Jesus. Did you know that even our failure to appreciate what he's done for us is covered by him? As Jesus died on the cross, he knew that because of our sinfulness, we would not appreciate it enough. And he knew that as he died for us, and his grace covers even that. That's really important to know, and I think actually it should even more stir us up to thankfulness. But here and elsewhere, as we saw through Colossians, Christians are called to be thankful people. That is the right and better state for Christians. Often, though, we're lacking in thankfulness, aren't we? Um, uh, Especially those of us who are established Christians. Those of us from Christian families or those who've been a Christian a long time, we get shown up by outsiders who become Christians. Have you ever had that? Uh, recently, I met a man uh, from Cameroon who's living here in Sheffield, and he's not from a Christian family, but he became a Christian here a few years ago. And so, both racially and from his religious upbringing, he's an outsider to the British church. But when I met him, he was quick to tell me his story, and he was praising God for what had happened, and about how other members of his family have become Christians now too. And then he said, well, what about you? And my heart sort of slightly sank, because I knew I'm not as thankful as he is. We get shown up, don't we? Why do you think it is that we're not more thankful I wonder if maybe we've started to take it all for granted. The significance and the wonder of it starts to fade. We forget our old state full of sin, distance from God. That's why it's worth reminding ourselves of that. And we forget this unwarranted rescue. We drift to thinking, of course God was going to save me. That's what God does. Maybe a bit of our culture creeps in. I'm special. I deserve this. And so we drift into dangerous territory. We like being part of the people of God. We like the community. We like the blessings we receive. But appreciation of God himself and what he's actually done for us is fading away. Could that be? Established Judaism in the Gospels got some serious rebukes from Jesus, didn't they? And as established Christians, we need to be on our guard against the same. 
maybe going back to the plane illustration, you can get to a point when you're so ungrateful you get off the plane. Thanklessness can be dangerous as well. So how do we grow in thankfulness? I think we choose to count our blessings. We need regular reminders of the salvation we receive. That's why we go through this every week at church. The pattern of the gospel, confession of sin, assurance of salvation, and singing songs all about what Jesus has done for us. Regular gospel reminders for each one of us. But there's all those other blessings too, things that we need to be thankful for. Don't ignore them. Could we too be too busy sometimes to be thankful for the, for the day-to-day blessings? I wonder, now I'm not completely sure about this, but I wonder if the nine who didn't come back, maybe they were rushing to the temple to see the priest, to be ticked off as clean so that they could get on with their lives. Too busy to say thank you. Well, we must find the time to praise God. Maybe at the end of the day, every day, find things to give thanks to God for. A bit like Bible reading, this is another thing that we try to do with my boys. Um, uh, Before bed, we ask them what they would like to say thank you for from the day. We try to do it every day and we all say thank you prayer. It's hard work. Again, sometimes they don't want to do it. Sometimes just to satisfy us, they sort of look around and and they say, thank you for this, Teddy. Um, But we're trying to grow a heart of thankfulness. It's important for Christians. It's right for Christians to be thankful. Our salvation is like this man's, is our thankfulness. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for saving us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for everything he does for us. Thank you that he had compassion on the man with leprosy and saved him. And thank you that he has compassion on us and saves us from our sins. He does it all for us. Lord, it's too much for us to appreciate But please, stir up thankfulness within us. Lord, when we're not thankful, uh, please forgive us. Thank you so much that even our thanklessness is covered by Jesus' death on the cross. Please, Lord, though, help us to grow in our thankfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.